Welcome to the podcast. All right. Well, uh, thank you for being a guest on the Falcon Paladin Hour this week, Somicron. What? I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me on this episode. Is this some sort of bit? <laughs> uh, no. Nope. Nope. Not a bit. Not at all. Not even. Not even a little bit. <laughs> not Ow, even a that, little. That hurt. That physically hurt me. Hey man, you said it, not me. I know. I saw it coming, and I did it anyway, and I paid the price. <laughs> um. Anyway, no, I, I don't know how many people like are listening to this for the first time. They're like, Sick. oh, that's interesting. Falcon has a guest. I don't know who is this guy. I probably don't know who he is, or maybe he does. And he's like, wait a second, Samacron. I'm apparently a guest. Apparently. I'll take it. We should, we should do a poll. We should do a poll of like... I don't know how we would do it, though. It's like, if you know who Falcon Paladin is, do you also know who Somicron is? Or, mm. do you don't know who Somicron is and you don't know who Falcon Paladin is? Mm. I that mean, would be an interesting poll. I, I guess that poll would also determine the, like who's the host and who's the co-host. Exactly. It would. Yeah. Because that is the question right now. Are you vying It is up power? in the air. Is that what's happening here? Is this, uh, like, is this a, a coup? A coup? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, um, man. I had a joke in the shower this morning, which is, what would a pigeon have to do to seize power? A coup d'etat? Brutal. <laughs> yep. It didn't hurt me as much, but it was brutal nevertheless. <laughs> oh. It's uh, great. All right. Yes, it is. All right. Well, uh, what I wanted to talk about today actually is a bit more of a somber topic. I mm. guess I probably shouldn't have started out with, uh, with a bit or a joke, but ah, uh, man. By the time you hear this, maybe more details will be out about uh, In Control's death, but maybe not. Yeah. So Sunday, July twenty-first. I'm just like do 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 do, casting some games. Being on Discord, la la la. And then somebody shares a tweet from InControls account in my Discord server, link in the description. And it's basically saying that uh, Jeff Robinson, also known as InControl, has passed on. And I'm like, what? Wait, wait a second. Last I checked, he was in the hospital for an infection and he didn't travel to Home Story Cup because of that. But. I was just talking to him in the Pylon Show Discord server like 48 hours, less than 48 hours before I saw this tweet. And man, it hit me. It hit me hard. So with immense grief, we announced Jeff's unexpected passing due to sudden illness on Saturday. We asked for privacy as his family works to understand what happened and make arrangements. I, I mean, that, that sentence right there is absolutely just heart-wrenching. Like, what happened we lost a loved one and we don't know what happened at the time of this tweet, which is just like, yeah. Yeah. I think that makes it worse. Like with total biscuit, it was without a doubt a tragedy. We lost a huge member of the esports community, Starcraft in particular, but like he had cancer. I mean, it happens. People with cancer die. We'd had a long time to kind of get, get prepared for the fact that he might. Um, and it hurt a lot to lose him. But it wasn't like this, where we knew Jeff was in the hospital and he was mildly ill, but now he's gone. And it's like, I don't even... It's been, you know, it's been a day since that. And I still can't quite process this whole thing. And obviously don't know what happened because, again, family might not know what happened. So how am I supposed to? But yeah, and it just, it just struck me as a huge thing because, again... I, I mean, I, I don't have a relationship within Control at all. I'm going to tell a story later on about our first interaction, but, um, <clears throat> like, we weren't friends at all. He definitely did have a lot of friends. A lot of people on Twitter are expressing and telling stories of their relationship with this guy and what he meant to StarCraft and everything else. And I'm not one of those people. I didn't feel like I, I belong there. But 
he was in the Pylone Show Discord server. Somebody was talking about how, you know, Twitch chat is always trying to correct these pro players and saying what mistakes they made and how valid is that criticism? And does somebody need to be a professional level player to actually understand the game at the level to recognize a mistake? And he came in and he gave his opinion and he was fairly brash about it like he usually is. Um, but And he seemed fine. He seemed like everything was cool. And he had just tweeted a couple days ago about his plans for the rest of the summer. He was saying how like he's going to Southern California and Sweden, Serbia. He's going to Utah for something. I don't know what that was for. He had plans for September too. To go to Germany and Atlanta. And I just... He had plans on July 19th. And then by July 21st, he was gone. So whatever happened, it just really brings into stark relief everybody's mortality. If somebody who is consciously planning for huge things doesn't see it coming. And then, bam, it hits like a truck. I don't know. Like, none of us are any different from him. So... Like, hug your loved ones, I guess, is the general message that I've been taking from this and people have also been expressing on Twitter and other places. Yeah. Give them a big old yeah. hug. Yeah, because you never know. You really don't. I mean, I just... I'm trying to think if this is... I don't know. Is this the equivalent of him just dying in a car crash? Because, I mean, that happens all the time. Tons of people die in car crashes every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that fits. Okay. Um, mm. yeah, just, uh, it, 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 with Total Whiskey, it was like, okay, we knew that this was in his future, like, uh, yeah, and it was coming, and it was, you know, you can't run from it, but now it, with In Control, uh, another person I've never met, uh, but was hugely inf- influential for me in StarCraft, it just doesn't feel real. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm waiting to wake up, or I'm, is it April first, and this is just a prank gone wrong, but it's not. <sighs> yeah, it's like the next episode of the Pylon show. He'll be on, like obviously, because he has been, you know. Right. And he is one of those personalities too, where you can almost see it, where he would tweet something like that as some weird joke. Mm. Um, almost, but not quite. I mean, yeah. I don't know. So, I, so anyway. I, yeah, it's like I'm expecting like in a couple of days I'm gonna turn on and sit down and watch the Sunfall Cycle, D and D campaign that he was on, and you know he's gonna be there. He he will because it's the Sunfall Cycle and he's there, but he's not. He's not. Yeah, yeah or play it, some Warhammer. Like there's stuff that he loves and he's involved in, it and he always will be. You know. Yeah, and then it's like, uh, it's it, it's almost like selfish, but I'm just thinking. In control isn't going to be casting at WCS like at BlizzCon this year, and I don't know what a BlizzCon without in control really should feel like. Yeah, and uh, that's it's not easy to think about. No, it's definitely not. I, and I mean, I don't know. People come and go. People leave the StarCraft scene to do other stuff. We've seen that. Um, but I mean that's different. Obviously, they go on to do other other careers, other games maybe. But this is, I mean, he's gone. Period. Like day nine. Day nine does Magic the Gathering and other stuff now. But he's around. He's still around. He's still on Twitch. He had a nice stream today where he talked about his memories of Jeff. And mm-hmm. um, he's one of those people that have known known Jeff since the beginning. You know. Yeah. Uh, so he had some stories. It was nice to have him weigh in, but that's just the thing. Like, if something like this happens, we're not going to have Jeff around to weigh in. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things. Yeah. So, blah. Brew. What a bad year. What a bad year for StarCraft. <laughs> like, stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I guess I'll tell my story. I think I've shared this on the Discord maybe once or twice, but I don't know that I've really put it out there for, for mass consumption. I'm not convinced this podcast counts either, but, but, Thanks. Uh, so I was at PAX, uh, Penny Arcade Expo, gaming expo in Washington back in 2013, it was, it was a while ago, and they had a StarCraft booth set up, and Jeff was over there, and he was playing 1v1s versus randos who came up to the booth and wanted to challenge a professional player, you know, like you do, and so I waited in line for like an hour to play against him and he was not losing. I mean, he wasn't 
poning fools. He wasn't just crushing people immediately. He was kind of playing with his food a bit. And maybe letting people feel like they had a better chance of beating him than they did. And then, you know, around the 10 or 12 minute mark, he just ruined them. Uh, but it was all in fun. And so I get up there, and basically the announcer at the booth is like, Alright, well, we're going to just have a couple more games here because we're going to take a lunch break. And just been playing for a while, so just be aware of that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I log on, and I'm Zerg, and I think he played random and got Terran. And uh, he proceeds to, like, clinically bunker rush me to death in about two and a half minutes. <laughs> I was salty. I was so mad that all these other people had had this experience of, you know, I'm holding my own in a macro game versus in control. This is great. And he was just like, you know what? I'm hungry. Bam. This guy's dead. <laughs> And, I mean, it was just, it was one of the more helpless feelings I've ever had in my entire life in StarCraft. I worker scouted him, and I saw what he was doing, and I was helpless to stop it. Yeah. And uh, it was just one of those moments that really set home to me that there is a different stratosphere these professional players are at, and that I am nowhere close to that. And it would take so much work to even approach that, uh, mm -hmm. that level of StarCraft 2 play. Yeah. It's yeah. It's definitely one of those moments where you look at them and you're oh, people aren't being uh, hyperbolic or hyperbole or whatever the word is when they say that people who play at the professional level are like gods at this game. Yeah, right. Without question. And uh, in control is definitely up there. Like he, he he didn't like these days he wasn't playing quite that well, but he was definitely a transcendent being in terms of personality and what that meant to the community yeah for sure yeah and a lot of people have made the point that jeff could be a uh, day nine called him prickly mm -hmm. and there are a couple of videos going around of him just like laying into twitch chat just being like <laughs> you there you in twitch chat you're being a raging moron let me explain in explicit detail what's wrong with you right Right. He was not afraid to do that at all. He would go after people that he cast with and give them a hard time. Um, you know, certain level of truth in the things that he was saying, uh, but also also good-natured ribbing. It was this weird combination. It was this line that he walked of being a super nice guy and being like, I am going to tell you the truth of how I feel about you right now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, that was him. And obviously, just you know, back to my story, like, yeah, he was not worried about hurting my feelings by absolutely <laughs> destroying me. Uh, that's just who, just, you know, just who he was. He was a person, and he wasn't a saint, and nobody is. But it sure sounds like a lot of people are coming forward with stories of, like, you know, I went to compete at this event, and In Control was there, and I was a wreck, and he, like, took time out of his crazy busy schedule to just sit down and talk to me for 20 minutes and make me feel better about myself, you know? Hmm. So he was one of those people that's definitely willing to do that, and I respect that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gone. I don't mean the most visible thing in the StarCraft community he's been doing has obviously been the Pylon show, just on a you know week to week basis. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, he's been Artosis and In Control running that show. So I don't know if In Control is going to find a replacement or just try to solo host for a little bit, but. That's going to be interesting to watch. And then, yeah, what are they going to do about Home Story Cup and BlizzCon and all these major events all throughout the year that In Control has been just indelibly part of for so long? Yeah. Don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So rest in peace, In Control. We'll miss you, buddy. Um, hope you're hanging out with Total Biscuit, wherever you guys are. And if not, that's fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right well what else do we have to talk about today uh there was a very nice discord message that was sent to me from somicron yesterday what was there i, I don't remember that um, i mean i mean i'm looking at it but i don't remember it um <laughs> <laughs> so i've been really bothering somicron for a while to play the last of us which is a Good golly, 2010-11 video game? Mm-hmm. For yeah. the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox and uh, whatever else it was on. I think those are the two. The PlayStation 4. Uh, also, the PlayStation 4. Oh, no, it's a PlayStation exclusive. I remember being mad about that when it first came out. So, yeah, definitely PlayStation 3. And then they remastered it for the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And I really loved it a lot. It's like one of my all-time favorite campaigns I've ever played through in my entire life. And I was like, hey, Somicron, you should play this. And I kept bugging him about it. And he was always like, eh, yeah. nah. And then he, like, twisted the dagger further by saying, oh, you know, I think my roommate has it. I've got a PlayStation right here, but eh. <laughs> I was like, wow. It turns out it was his brother that had The Last of Us. I was wrong about that detail, but point being, Somicron was really twisting the knife. Yes. Yes, I was. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and so I uh, finally caved after such immense, immense pressure. I picked up a PlayStation 4 and uh, a copy of The Last of Us Remastered. Holy smokes. He just he sent that to me with a single message of, all right, fine, period. So... <laughs> He was really reluctantly getting this thing started, and I didn't, I didn't pressure him. I didn't say you have to finish it in 24 hours or anything like that. I just said yes. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I started to set it up, and I'm like, well, where do I want to put it? And that actually just turned into like uh, an afternoon of rearranging my office slightly. So it is still <laughs> like I've set the PlayStation up, as you can see in the image. Uh, it's updated and stuff. I, the game is not out of its wrapper yet, though. Mm. So we're closer, though, is what you're saying. We're, we're closer. I now just actually have to unwrap it and play it. Um, some other stuff came up, which derailed my day. And then uh, that night, I had D&D. Um, so I could not play it then. Gotcha. Right, yeah. How was D&D? Is that a good experience? Did you die? <laughs> Okay, so last year in December, for my mate's birthday, I went around, we were having like a barbecue. And we are all sitting around inside, and I was leaning back in like one of those plastic yard chairs, right? Yep. Um, and I was laughing, and I leaned back, and the legs snapped. I mean, as they do, plastic right. yard chairs and all. Mm -hmm. Right, because they, they crapped, they've been sitting outside for like a year or more. Yeah. Um, and... So flash, fast forward to like three, four weeks ago, a month ago, we were starting to do D&D &D and we were sitting on his, like he had newish chairs, new to him, but not new. And they're like wooden and the DM goes to sit down to the DM's house and yeah. he sits down on one and it breaks. <laughs> and, and so we've had this like running joke of like, oh, we're going to get new chairs and tables. And I'm like, I'm just going to get them for you. Because the, the rest of the chairs are all kind of falling apart as well. And <laughs> right, I, right. I'm, a, I'm a bigger person. And I've already yeah. had the uh, unfortunate experience of breaking one of this guy's chairs. Just rather not go there again. Right. So I'm like, every time I sit down, I'm like, please don't break, please don't break, please don't break. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anxiety. It's just sitting right. down. Act. Yeah. And so we go to D&D and one of our players, uh, she just got like super busy um, when we were like about to start the campaign, so she hasn't even, she hasn't even turned up to a single uh, session. Like three sessions in, hasn't showed up to any of them. But that's fine. Um, uh, one of the guys just got a job, and so he was like, "We're supposed to be there at four. Four is when we start." Uh, we decided because he wasn't going to get there till like seven thirty, that we would go to, we'd meet him at dinner. Like we would instead of doing like a proper section we'll play a little bit with me and my brother and the dm two people and the dm yeah yeah, uh, yeah. compared to, okay right so we we play a little bit um and we we left off having just woken up on like sleeping on the side of a hill and there was like we see a group of orcs coming to find you because we just attacked their camp last night and ran off when we realized we couldn't handle all of them <laughs> and you ran away and then camped. Got and it. Cam and camped. And in when we woke up, two people were missing because they weren't there. <clears throat> right? Because there was a oh, right, right, right. that okay, couldn't, okay. couldn't be there. Um, yeah. Oh, well, actually, one of them was also my housemate. So there was a person who hasn't shown up for a single game. Her character has not been even introduced yet. So there should have been five of us. There was only two. And in a fight between... Uh, three orcs and the two of us. Neither of us are like the get in close, so neither of us wanted to tank. <laughs> yes, right. obviously. Uh, and I ended up burning all of my spells at like yep. eight o'clock in the morning. And then it's like, what do you want to do for the rest of the day? I'm like, I wish to do nothing. Right. 
Because I can't, I can't do a fight. I'm screwed. Yeah. It's like, I would like to hide under a rock for a while. <laughs> um, for some reason, uh, my character has a seven intelligence. Uh, yes, I do recall this story. Mm-hmm. Ten is a baseline. So a minus two penalty, I decide I'm going to investigate that scout at that orc camp again. Okay, so hold on. Help me out here. You wake up. Mm-hmm. Most of your party is missing. Uh-huh. And we instantly basically get attacked. Yeah. And then you get attacked. Yeah. And then we we manage to beat them, but I'm like, you know, Tapped six. Out. I'm like, yeah, half dead. Can't really do much. Like, my features are basically spent. And I go, you know what? Let's go. Let's go have a look in the camp. Because hold on, hold on. Do the orcs like stealthily kidnap your party members, or do they abandon you? You have no idea at this point. I mean, in game, um, I have no idea, right? But the DM was basically just saying, yeah, they they, they disappeared from reality, right? Like the the way he described it is their existence never happened. <laughs> Whoa, that's different. That is very different from their missing. This is retroactively, they've been removed from the universe. Yeah, so we're wondering how we even got here. <laughs> yeah, Although, it works. But we're told the event still happened, right? So we still, we, we just, uh, it, it, it's the DM just being like, having a joke. And like, yeah, we're just yeah, not yeah. worried about it. Until we can okay. actually get all of our party members to show up. We're just... We weren't even, like, starting a campaign. We were just like, all right, let's do, like, a mini role-playing session to get everyone familiar with the rules. So the campaign hasn't started, but it has. Yeah, Um, okay. And for some reason, we decided to go and investigate the orc camp again. Uh, Did, like, your DM force you to roll on should I go investigate the orc camp when I have no spells? Uh, no. No. (laughs) So what, then, how, what? What did we do? Well, no, we but found... how did this decision get made? Uh, I started walking. But you wanted to do nothing. Well, no, I mean, because I, I mean, I'm playing the game. I can't do nothing. Oh, okay. right. Like I could. I mean, sure. I technically could have just been like, I sit there for eight hours, and then I yeah. sit there for eight more hours, and then I eat some of my rations, and then I go to bed. I could. I mean, like maybe you walk in the opposite direction over the orc camp is. Yeah, but why would I do that? We, because you don't pa- want to. Because you don't have any spells. <laughs> but we've been paid by the, the the mayor. Well, we're going to be paid to clear out the orcs, so we got to kill them. Sure. Uh, yeah, but again, and if I walk away, I don't just have, have to walk any back. spells. <laughs> but if I walk away, I have to walk back. Okay. Oh, fine. All right. Whatever. I'm gonna just move on from this. Seven. So you decide to investigate the orc camp with your seven intelligence. Got it. Yep. And. Uh, the uh, rogue. So, uh, in the middle of the day, we find that there's one orc on guard, and it appears like there's a couple people going in and out of the main hut. Um, using his bow, we, uh, you know, kill out the one sentry that's left, and sneak in. And we see that everyone's in this like one big main hut. And when I say hut, do you think a uh, wooden floor or dirt floor? Just out of curiosity, because this comes the up. The word there. hut means dirt floor. Okay, that's what I thought, because there was a wooden wall around the hut, and I say, okay, give me a boost over, and I start using a cantrip, press the digitation to start lighting the hut on fire with small campfires. Nice. Right? And later, they give me grief about not setting, like, the, the door on fire. I'm like, there's no door, it's a hut, it's got a hole in the side of the building. And they're like, yeah, but you could have set the floor on fire. I'm like, the dirt floor? And they're like, no, it's got a floor. I'm like, that's mm. not a hut. And so they were giving me grief that the fires that I make just causes them all to run out of the building instead of, like, trapping them in there like I would have wanted. I uh, mean, okay. Or smoke this... inhalation or burning them, right? So hang on, when you say everybody's in the hut, nobody's standing guard at all. Like, literally everyone's in the hut. Yeah, literally everyone's okay. in the hut. Right, the, night, right. the, the night before, we had killed about 11 of them, right? Yeah, yeah, all right. But, um, so there weren't many people left, and then like a small raiding party come out to try and find us the next morning, which was the three we had found earlier. Yeah, all right. And we end up getting in a fight with four orcs and the chieftain. Right, of course. He's in there. Where mm-hmm. would he be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I, we both take like one hit each, and... A great axe 
from an orc does 1d12 damage plus 3. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, makes sense. Uh, I had it's, seven. It's I had like 17 health. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I go down. So you're not dead. I'm not dead. I take one hit. I'm like down to like 6. Yeah. My the other guy takes like one hit. He's down to well, I, actually I think he takes two hits, uh, and then he's down to like four. And then for some reason, all the orcs start missing. And I'm 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 mm. I'm gonna assume maybe the DM was fudging some dice rolls. Mm. Um, entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Our, our ACs are not low. They're fifteen each. Yeah. Um, so, so dodging is not really part of your repertoire. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, they're not like the AC is not low. So we like. You know, if it's entirely possible that if they roll anything like less than a ten, they just miss because I think they only have like a plus five to hit. Okay, which is, which is really good comparatively. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, it's like a fifty-fifty shot to hit us. Um. So I don't know if the DM was fudging rolls or not. He might have been. We uh after we kill all of them, we start like loading up on all their gear, like. What did they have? They had this and this, and we find like uh, what we what we think is a magical great uh, great sword. Okay. And then we go. Okay, let's head back to town and sell this. And we get like halfway back to the town, and we're like, all right, we have to rest because it's getting late. And we rest, take a long rest, and then we go out for dinner. Right? Like the group, not like party in the game. Like the group says, okay, the other guy's almost back from work. We're gonna meet him at this restaurant for dinner. Nice. So we go out and we have lovely burgers, um, which is very, very, very good. Um, and then we get back to the game, and there was a river that we needed to cross. But when we crossed it the first time, we maybe accidentally destroyed the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> How? Uh, it was like old and dilapidated, and the guy wearing heavy armor walked over it. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah, like great. Armor comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we start like there were these little logs on the side of the like uh, riverbed or something. We start like laying them across the river to try and like mini dam it. Yeah, yeah. Intelligence seven bridge. Got it. <laughs> it works. Okay. Screw you. <laughs> it it worked. <laughs> there are these logs. We're going to put them across the water. Mm-hmm. Right. Continue. It's not, a, it's not a huge river. It's like. 30 feet or something. Holy crap! What the heck is a... I mean, alright, fine. There are bigger rivers, but 30 feet is a legit river. Hold on. I, uh, my... <laughs> 30... What's 30 feet? It's like 10 meters. <laughs> yeah, 9 meters. That's... You know. Yeah. We've got it's some, a river. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't too deep. Um, maybe okay. there was like a rock or something in the middle that we had precariously balanced the first one off and then the next one was across i don't know it look Whatever, the DM, the DM, it worked the, it worked we got across the the cleric um in his heavy armor took like four steps and fell off and then swam the rest of the way so in heavy uh, armor yeah by heavy, swam you meant walked because you're not swimming in that stuff <laughs> no he apparently swam in heavy armor wow this wow okay like it, it was, uh, I think it was an acrobatics check to walk across the rickety log bridge. He yes. rolled a four, uh, and then it was an mm. athletics check to swim, and he rolled like a nineteen. So, oh wow, <laughs> he was suddenly possessed by the power of ten men, and he swam to safety. Well, acrobatics is a dex check. Athletics is a strength check. Guess which one it he is. was good at. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get that, but heavy armor strong enough to break bridge by merely walking across it. Uh, old dilapidated also bridge. Also can swim in it. Very I nice. I mean, he swam across it. Like, when the bridge broke, he ended up swimming the last little bit there as well. Oh, uh, all right. Well, okay, fine. This is swimming heavy armor. Got it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think he described as he put on... He took off the armor. He did mention something about he... As part of his like background, one of the things he could get was swimming gear. Ah, uh, so I feel he, better he, about that. Okay. He, I mean, he was still carrying his heavy armor. He didn't leave it on the other side. What's the difference between wearing oh. heavy armor and carrying it when you're swimming? Mm, probably not much. Thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the armor might restrict some movement, which would be helpful for swimming. Like, if you couldn't quite go arm over arm, you know? But you yeah. saw the weight in a backpack or something. So, anyway. 
eventually we get to town and uh, we go and confront the mayor and uh, get some more gold out of him than he's supposed to give us. And the DM... The DM hasn't really prepared as much as uh, we want because... Oh. <laughs> I mean, he has prepared some, but he doesn't really like get some of the... Like, when a DM plays they often rely on the collective knowledge of the group. So it's fine if he doesn't know everything. But yeah. we, went, we went and found a blacksmith, and I was like, can I get you to improve my rapier, my sword? And mm-hmm. the DM goes, fine. And I'm like, out of game, like, out, mechanically speaking, I want a plus one rapier, so it would require like enchanting. And he goes, hmm, I can probably do that by tonight, right? If you wanted to ru- pay for a rush job. And I'm like, okay, how much would that cost? We just got paid 500 gold and sold all the armor and swords and stuff, so I had, like, 1,700 gold on me. Yeah. And, and the the book roughly says a rare, uh, an un- uncommon item, such as, like, a plus one weapon, about 500 gold. Okay. The DM, the DM goes to me, all right, uh, yeah, rush job, mm, that'll be five gold. <laughs> <laughs> he broke his own economy. <laughs> And so I look, I'm looking at the DM and he goes, wait, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> and I, I explain to him proper magic uh, cost. And we, we try to like bargain and say like uh, in the orc's great hut or whatever, we found like a magic great axe uh, where we think it's magic. And we were like, look, if you give us all our weapons and stuff, we'll pay you 1100 gold. And we have someone identifying the item tonight. If it's good, we'll throw that in. If it's junk, we'll pay you 400 extra gold tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we uh, we sold the weapons and armor to, like, back to the city, right? Because we were at the mayor's office, and they need guards, armor, and stuff. But they didn't want the axe because... Oh, uh, not the axe, the sword, because they're not a shop, right? Like, uh, they, they're just there to give out standard weapons and armor to the guard. So yeah. they took our standard stuff. But we go to the blacksmith and we're like, oh, we'll give you this magical greatsword. And he's like, I'm not really a shop. I'm just here to make weapons and armor for the guard. I'm like, what? (laughs) Who in this town can I sell goddamn swords to? (laughs) Every person I come across doesn't want to buy my swords. Seems like a market inefficiency here. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. And then then that was kind of it because it was like 10 p.m. But... So that's basically everything that happened. But as we were like packing up, I leant back in my chair, <laughs> um, my plastic yard chair, and the back two legs snapped. Kabam! Nice. Yeah, on the floor. And the first thing <laughs> I do is I look over to the right because I was holding my freshly acquired uh, Hero Forge mini, custom mini that I had made <gasps> with my character. Snapped yeah. off an arm. No! Yeah. Right arm or left arm? Right arm. Hmm. That's rough. He was holding his sword. Was he right-handed? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was Brutal. right-handed. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the base broke. And then I went to stand up, and I put my palm of my hand down beside me to like push myself up onto one of the jagged pieces of plastic and cut a tiny little hole in my hand as well. Wow. Yeah. So, so in other words, I, no more plastic chairs. No. And I basically told him that we're going to Ikea this weekend or I'm just having ha- a new chairs shipped to your house. I don't care. I don't know if this is different in Australia or not, but I'm not sure that Ikea furniture is known for its incredible uh, t- like toughness and well, ability to withstand things. Like, I, isn't Ikea just kind of like cheap furniture? I mean... I mean, a step up from plastic, yes. I will not argue that. You can sit in a chair an ikea chair and not be worried it's about to break in half if it's brand new right i don't have to pray to the gods and say please don't break please don't break please don't break when i sit down in it right (laughs) maybe comparatively it's a step up yes absolutely without question yeah so okay hopefully next week i won't have that problem sounds like an improvement Mm mm-hmm you can yeah. focus more on your D&D, but you're not worried about dying, so that's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True. I, so. <laughs> I'm still laughing at your DM being like, five gold for a plus one weapon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
can I get a plus two weapon for 10 gold? Yeah, that seems fair. Let's do that. <laughs> and instead of the 5,000 it recommends. <laughs> that's, a, that's a steep price. Better be yep. worth it. Well, it's a plus two to hit and plus two to damage. Ooh, okay, that is good. Yeah. How fast is the swing on it? Well, uh, one action? What do you... What do you uh, sir... I don't it, know. Is there not, is there not like, a weapon speed? It's just, like, everybody hits once per round? No. Oh. If you have, like, a dagger, you can't make more attacks with it um, ah, than, a, okay. than a greatsword. Um, but it could hmm. be enchanted as such to allow for a multi-attack. Like, you could... Depending on the nature of the enchantments upon it, you could do something like that. Mm. Yeah. You should look into this. Uh, it'd be pretty expensive, I probably. Okay. I mean, but if your DM is letting you get enchantments for five gold, it shouldn't be that bad. He's not. He's, uh, like, <laughs> we fixed it. We fixed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough, then. Yeah, it was a fun night. I got home at, like, quarter to 11. So it was like... I was looking at my phone, and it was like, hey... You've got an alarm to wake up in 15 minutes. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a good alarm at all. That's yeah. a, I'm not even bothering alarm. And that was like, I don't have work tonight, so I'm just turning that off, and I'm going to bed. Mm. No, actually, I was washing out my wound, and then I went to bed. Yes, important. You don't want to get infected and die from your D&D figure. Yeah, no. You could be honest in your obituary if that happened. I hope so. If he fell on his D&D figurine and died. Like, Wait, what? If, if my D&D figure stabs me through the heart, I want people to know. I want to, I want <laughs> the dangers. Know. The dangers of D&D. I hope that little <laughs> bastard gets the chair. <laughs> the little, little tiny figurine chair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know uh, you know, plastic is the problem, or whatever he is. It, it's, it's plastic. Uh, yeah. The problem is, I think I, w I was looking at the figure. Well, on Hero Forge, you can customize it. So he's got like a sword raised in one hand, his loot in the other hand, um, his clothes kind of tattered. He's got like a smirking grin. But I also was like, huh, I'm going to put a little die just like as an accessory. There's a die behind him, a d20. And I was like, hmm. Well, <sighs> judging by the way this campaign's already going, I'm going to make it a <laughs> one. So this guy had literally had a natural one on him, and I think I may have cursed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Gotta be careful with those uh, those curses, man. Mm-hmm. They're uh, legit things. Yep. Came true. Unassailable evidence that it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll keep that in mind. Anyway, what I've been doing recently is watching more Steins Gate. Oh, yeah. So I like it. It's time travel and, like stuff changes but they're doing it in a way that i really enjoy mm. so spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched steins gate but wants to talk about this for the next couple minutes okay okay so bottom line they develop the ability to send emails back in time mm -hmm. okay so at first they're just all frivolous with it they're like well i should send myself an email back in time saying that I shouldn't get this ice cream because it's bad. You know what I mean? Right. So they just do a bunch of it. They let other people come in, just like random acquaintances they know. They're like, can I send one of these? I'm like, sure, no problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. And then one of the people starts noticing that stuff's changing, right? Stuff in the in, around them is changing. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one who notices. Okay. So, like, for everybody else, I don't know. It's always been this way. What are you talking about? And for him, it's like, uh, this cafe used to be a maid cafe, and now they sell ramen. Now it's a ramen shop. That is an abomination. Maid cafes are wonderful. Right. And he's freaked out. He's like, what happened? Everybody's like, what are you talking about? This has always been a ramen place. <laughs> he's like, no. So, anyway, so he figures out. And then, okay, and so then after all this, uh, they're, like, there's this raid of this secret scary organization. They don't even know who they are. They raid these people and kidnap everybody and murder one person, like the uh, person that the main character considers, considers his little sister, basically. She gets shot and killed. Oh, okay. So he's like, snap. So uh, in the meantime, they've developed this ability to actually, well, theoretically send a person's memories back in time a little bit, but not a whole lot, like 48 hours. 
This sounds a lot like uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. So anyway, he manages to like escape these people, and this has been untested. It's untested technology, but he's like, whatever, I don't care. I need to save, I need to save this girl. So he tries it out, throws himself back 48 hours, and it works. And no one else, again, no one else is aware that anything even happens. And he basically spends the next while trying to save her from getting killed. Mm-hmm. But no matter what he does, she dies every time. Oh, okay. Like, right? So, like, he's all, he gra- like, grabs her, they run away in a car accident, and she dies. Hmm. Or, right, that he's going to take a train and get out of the city, and someone pushes her like it's an accident. She gets pushed in front of the train and dies. So he just lives this over and over and over, experiencing her death and then jumping back and trying it again. And he is just going insane because he can't save her and he can't stop this. So it's a cross between X-Men Days of Future Past and uh, Days of Tomorrow. um, Days of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of is. That was good too. So anyway, he basically gets some help from somebody. Um, who is also a time traveler, yada, yada, yada. But he figures out that all of the the, the time emails that they sent to the past screwed up the timeline mm-hmm. and created this reality, which includes his little sister dying. And in, the only way to stop this from happening is to undo all the stuff they did. Right. Right? If, so he's it, on this mission to undo all every single one of these emails that people sent it feels like a very easy fix just to send an email back to yourself saying, don't use this machine, you moron. Right? Uh, it, it, like, if you just send that message to say, hey, don't let random people use this or don't use it at all. Yeah. Surely that would do it. Except part of the problem is, like, are you going to believe a random email that you get? Well, if, right. I mean, the premise is people have already been believing it. Yeah. Sometimes they haven't. Sometimes they haven't. Okay. Well, I mean, like in I've, cases where they believed it, stuff has changed, and in cases where they haven't, right? Whatever, right. I mean, can you send attachments? Can you like send a video no. of you? Okay. Uh, Te- so no, it's, it's text only. Text only. Surely, yeah. I think uh, I could prove to me that I'm me, and then I could believe me because I would believe me, right? Like, you could write out being like, "Hey, this one time, you know, you did this, this, and this on this day, right? You've never told anyone that, right?" Um, you know, and then you're you like, holy crap, no one else knew that. I'm going to believe this email. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And I mean, the point of the show is not that it's impossible, but that it's more difficult than you would think to accomplish right. this. Okay. Right. So that's where they're going with it. So I don't know. I enjoy it. Uh, I think it's because at this point they are seeking to undo the changes that were made. Mm. And kind of set it back to where it was, which I feel like is an acceptable use of time travel. But then the whole point is basically to stop the world from being taken over by this scientific organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a weird premise, but they basically turn everything into to a totalitarian state. <laughs> and okay. uh, so his goal is, one, to reset the timeline to where his little sister doesn't die. And two, to prevent this from happening. Right. So we haven't really gotten to that point two yet which is where i think i'll get the most annoyed because again it's the paradox like why would you try to change the future if the future never happened in the first place you know right yeah because if you the future doesn't happen nobody comes back to tell you to stop it and then you have no impulse to stop it and you never do and so why did it get stopped you know yeah. yeah so i don't know we'll see what happens there but so far i'm okay with it it's good there Dude. is a lot there's this thing in oh go ahead ask your question i'll say my thing uh, did you watch the any of the recommendations from last week? No, because I thought Steins Gate was like 12 episodes, and I'm episode 26 right now. How many episodes are there? It's not good. Let me find out real quick. <laughs> did you start a anime with 12,000 episodes? I certainly hope not. It doesn't feel like it's a million episodes. It's very much like beginning, middle, end here. But... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up. List of episodes... <laughs> Because oh, good. What? How many? Okay, okay. Uh, wait, hold on. I said 26. You did? It goes to 23. So, <laughs> my numbering is probably wrong. So, okay. I have to check what number I'm actually on. Hold on a second. You're on 12. Steins Gate. Um, 
This is episode... No, shut up. Shut up, advertisements. Tell me... Oh, I'm on 21. Never mind. So I'm almost done. That's okay. good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It felt like it's almost done. I have new recommendations. Ooh. All right. Okay. Hit me up. Because there was a new season of anime starting, so there's been a whole bunch of stuff like rolling out uh, nice. recently. Um, let me just pull these up so I can... While you're doing that, I'm going to say the one thing about Science oh, Gate. Yeah, 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 go for so, it. Anime is like doing this thing where there are nonverbal sounds that especially the protagonist will make to express emotion. Like, <laughs> right? Stuff like that. And uh, man, this show is bad at it. There is so much of this. And I'm like, look, man, I can tell what emotion you're feeling by one, your facial expression. And two, the words you say. This nonverbal, like, emoting bothers me more and more every episode. Okay. <laughs> yes. Exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> the entire podcast is just going to be me non-verbally emoting <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so uh, new new shows that I've started right All right. Dr. Yep. Stone um, Dr. Stone basically the entire world gets turned like petrified and two high school kids uh, one that's like a big dumb brute and one guy who's like a real nerdy smart ass egghead both wake up uh three thousand years later and begin the challenge of like returning humanity like restarting humanity with through science sounds like a big challenge but okay yeah and so the first episode is the only one i've seen because the only one in english uh um, pictures have really big hair on the ground oh yeah, yeah well yeah um it, it, it's fun um it, it, it's entirely about them trying to, like, showing the scientific process of how these two random kids are making uh, alcohol. Cause, and, like, talking about how it would have been illegal to do this in their day. Um, but that, there's, like, a reason why they need to make ethanol to produce a thing. Um, okay. Uh, it, it's very fun to, to just watch them, like, go through this process and being, like... How, it, it, have you heard of the YouTube channel, like Primitive Technologies or whatever it is? Yeah, uh-huh. it, it's kind of like an anime version of that. <laughs> okay, so it's far, starting it, over from scratch and developing society, right? Right. It it might uh, change later. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Because uh, first episode, the other one is called uh, Fire Force. I think is what it's called. Um, Fire Force. Um, yep, that pulls up anyways. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we'll get we'll come back to Kyoto in a minute. But Fire Force, it takes the idea of uh, have you heard of like random spontaneous combustion in people? Yeah, there's people yep. that burst into flames. It's like that, except uh, as it started happening more and more, a kind of cult religion grew around it, mm. and people like became, people have been chosen and then they no, explode. No, oh. kind of like how uh, like these are demons. And there's now, like, a holy order of firefighters who are kind of, like, pyrotechnics and, uh, like, SWAT teams at the same time. Um, uh, how, how, how do you fight fires with pyrotechnics, Omicron? Uh, well, uh, not pyrotechnics, pyrokinesis. So how do you fight fires with pyrokinesis, Omicron? You, you can put out fires with pyrokinesis. If you oh, can control the flames. Control fire. Right, yeah. And okay. the, but there's, like, a whole thing where there's, like, different generations... And so there's one person who's she's second generation, so she can control flames, but she can't create them. And then so far in the show, there are two two dudes who are thir- uh, third generations, and they can create flames and fire, but in different ways. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So one dude, he's got like some kind of like a knight gimmick where he walks around with like a wooden hilt and like an empty sheath. Yeah. And then when he draws his sword, he then creates like a plasma cutter of intense like f- blue fa- flame that's just like condensed into a sword and he calls himself it's a lightsaber like it's, mm. it's a it's a lightsaber but <laughs> oh I, have, I found a picture of it right here that's a lightsaber yeah. mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a lightsaber <laughs> it's fun um i mean i'm enjoying that so far um you might oh, like okay. that you might like that the other one i've only seen one episode and i have a feeling this is like bottom tier you probably won't like this okay but but the premise is okay which is uh, apparently, like, a group of kids or something get teleported into another world. Typical Izakai anime bullshit. Indeed. But, but one guy, 
he, he's the only guy in his class who didn't get a, like a lot of stat buffs and isn't like instantly a badass in this fantasy world. That and they sucks. go okay. they, they go on like a training mission into this dungeon. They find like, ooh, some hidden crystal and like one of the new buff dudes is like, I'm gonna touch it and it instantly teleports everyone to like a lower floor of the dungeon. Ah. Uh, and the the weak kid like gets like knocked off a bridge because he was weak and one of the other classmates wanted to uh kill him and get him out of the the way because he was like slowing them down or something revenge plot but he he ends up in like this cave and there's like these monsters fighting each other and eating and eventually he manages to escape but he gets his arm cut off right like he's okay one arm and he finds this like healing crystal that's like slowly providing him with holy water which keeps him alive but he ends up eating the monster like weak monsters to survive and gaining their strengths and he, while he's like sure. trapped trapped down here, he finds basically gunpowder and uses his real world knowledge to create guns. Um, and uh, now he's on his way back up out of the cave to get revenge on his class. Nice and start murdering them. I would be afraid of this person who manages to survive by eating monsters and creates guns out of scratch and gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a scary dude. Yep. His hair also turns white because he's an anime character. but Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he also gains some of the abilities that he gets from eating the monsters. So that's yeah, you know, that's the other thing. I don't think you'll really enjoy that one. I just, like, having seen enough anime, I think it'll go to, like, a silly place, probably. But, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to stick with it and see if it gets any good. But Dr. Stone, okay. definitely recommend. All right. Cool beans. I think that's a crunchy roll for me, too. So mm, Cool. Good, good. Uh, I'll just say real quick, the uh, Kyoto animation arson attack. Um, oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Kyoto animation is uh, one of the best animation studios in Japan, period. Right? They're, they're, all their stuff that comes out is beautiful, period. Right? <laughs> uh, a silent voice, which I highly recommended, uh is one like best anime of last year or might have been the year before but it's it's really good there isn't a single frame on it that isn't amazing and to also just top it off they're also the gold standard for workplace culture in terms of animation studios so they don't murder their people yeah i mean bad choice of words they don't work their people into the ground yeah they they set they actually contract and salary their employees and give them benefits there's, there was a statistic that I saw that um, a lot of Japanese anime studios, somewhere around like the 70 to 80% of them, freelance 90% of their work and pay mm. them 500 US dollars a month. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, compared to salary <laughs> contract where they get, you know, the roughly equivalent of like a $60,000 job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, in terms of. If you can, there's going to be a link for the support Kyoto animation. If you can, it's important that these people get back on their feet. Um, yes. Yeah, and there's also going to be a link for uh, In Control's favorite charity, which is SoCal Bulldogs, uh, charity for supporting bulldogs. <laughs> right, right. Which he loved. So yeah, they'll, those, they'll, they'll be in the show notes. Yep, check those out. Give it if you can. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, good stuff this week. Good pod, I think. Important topics, fun topics. Yep. Stuff <laughs> in between. But that's going to be it from us because all good things must come to an end.